Rams at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl 55. Hello and welcome to the Bucks Banter Podcast. I am your host, Colin Hallboom. I am joined by my co-host, Bo Danyard, at Bono's Ball on Twitter. And friend of the show, special guest, Matt Marchese of Fan590 and Sportsnet, producer and host uh, for Canada's biggest sports talk radio station, has been so kind as to lend us some time. So we want to take advantage of his time and talk Buffalo Bills and NFL football. Matt, what's good, man? Thanks for joining us. Oh, ready, boys. Just a week away. I mean, I I like I like preseason at the beginning because it gives us a little tease and it's it's really like the really terrible appetizer that you're like oh man i thought it was going to be really good and i was really disappointed and it turns out that it was actually as terrible as we thought and now the season gets started i I can't wait i mean football's you guys know football's the best there's nothing better there's really nothing better seriously it's so true you're you're like well it's food i guess like yeah exactly yeah exactly when is the entree coming Yeah, yeah pretty much yeah. Well, well, it's here, boys. And uh, again, like I said, we don't have Marchese for long. So I want to dig right into talking a bit about Bills Mafia. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, the betting market certainly views the Bills as the top dogs in the NFL and in the, the AFC. Um, first of all, I want to ask you, Matt, who's going to be the most valuable addition of the Bills lineup this season? You got Vaughn Miller, Kyrie Elam, Tredavious White, I would consider an addition based on last year. Who's going to be the biggest addition to the team this year? I think I think it has to be Von Miller. I mean, the reason why they 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 couldn't slow down the Chiefs last year in the playoffs was because they just couldn't get to Patrick Mahomes. And yeah. Von Miller adds a presence that, let's face it, they haven't had since Bruce Smith. And it's nothing against the guys that have come after Bruce Smith like there, there's been some some very good defensive ends I mean Jerry Hughes was a very very serviceable player for the Bills he was he was great double digit sacks on, on a couple of seasons but at the end of the day Vaughn Miller is a Hall of Famer he's one of the greatest pass rushers of all time and even even at his age I know we want to say like he's old but he's not old because then he's gonna make me feel old because I'm pretty sure we're the same age <laughs> but um he gives you an element that you haven't had and in in the AFC now, if you can't get to the quarterback with the with the murderer's row of quarterbacks that are in the conference, you're going to be in trouble. And and Miller gives you that. I mean, your point about Tredavious White being an addition is also something that doesn't get talked about enough. I know he's going to start the year on the pup. He's going to miss the first four games. But what, part of the reason also that they couldn't beat the Chiefs was they couldn't stop them with 13 seconds left. And Tredavious might make, White makes a big, big difference in that game. And it's nothing against Levi Wallace, but Levi Wallace isn't Tredavious White. Um, and Kier Ilium on the other side gives them another solid corner, a nice physical corner that they can use. It This is, this is I would say, the greatest Bills defense that we have seen on paper. Ever. And that goes up against some really good Bills defenses. They were the best defense in football last year, statistically. Yeah. They just added one of the greatest pass rushes that we've ever seen. And they've added to their, their cornerback room. And they're developing. It's the same group, especially having the two safeties there. I think this defense is going to be legendary this year. 
Gregory Rosso coming Russo coming back. I mean, Bean's been investing in that defensive line for some time now. And think about Von Miller, man. Like he was coming off and in- he he was injured to start last season. Obviously, when he joined the Rams, it took him a little bit to get going. But as Bucks fans know so well, by the time he was in the playoffs, he was like a well-oiled machine. He looked like the old Von Miller at that point. Yeah, and the the big thing with Miller too is the way that Leslie Frazier rotates his guys on the defensive line, he's going to be more fresh. He's going to, there's going to be less opportunities for Von Miller to get hurt. And that's why I think they've had some success at least last year, more so than the previous year, they had better success getting to the quarterback or at least pressuring the quarterback. I mean, the sack numbers don't necessarily reflect it, but we know you guys watch a ton of football. If you can, if you can pressure the quarterback into making, you know, even slightly poor passes, the yeah. Bills secondary is going to take advantage of that. And they did that a lot last year. Like I said, with the two safeties, with the corners that they've had. And with that rotation, you're going to see it. The one guy, you mentioned Rousseau. I Everything that I've read, everything that I've heard is that he is ready to take the next step. Sorry, my dog's barking because somebody else is coming in my house. Um, that he's he's ready to take the next step because he was really good last year as a rookie. It's, it is... It's a really good defense. The rotation really helps. Keeping Von Miller with what you're paying him, keeping him fresh, is going to be super, super important this year. Is what we saw from Gabe Davis with that incredible performance versus the Chiefs in that in that eventual playoff loss, that that wild game, um, is what we saw a prelude to what we're going to see? Is this is his? You know, not to say he's going to light the league on fire every game, but. He certainly seems to have the tools to be able to produce at a higher rate than he has, Maddie. The last time you were on a year ago before the Bills Bucks game, you did mention him as a guy to keep an eye on for for people who weren't so familiar. What are you expecting from Gabe Davis this year? A lot of debate. Is he for real? Is he not? What are you seeing? I think he's I think he's the real deal. I really do. And I know that's some people are gonna be like, oh, you're a homer. Um, and it's and it's um recency bias because he had arguably the greatest game we've ever seen from a wide receiver in the playoffs but I look at at he didn't play a lot he's had I think he had 565 receiving yards or 566 receiving yards last year the touchdown numbers are up there because and this is where I'm going to get to the point where he's a guy that they do not have they they don't have a guy that's 6'3 and 225 that's a big red zone threat. That's a wide receiver and not a tight end. And a guy who you can use when you're stretching the field because he's so fast. He's a better route runner than I think people give him credit for. And the big thing is, is there's no Cole Beasley. I mean, Isaiah McKenzie is fine as a slot receiver and Jamison Crowder is fine as a slot receiver. But those guys aren't going to get 125 targets. They're not going to get 100 targets like Cole Beasley was going to get. They're going to rely on him. And there's, there's going to be games where Gabe Davis has 120 yards. And there's going to be games where Stephon Diggs has 70 yards or 60 yards. But that's how this offense is, is going to work. Davis is, I believe, the real deal. Like if I saw, if I saw 75, 1,108 touchdowns from Gabriel Davis, I don't think anybody should be surprised. I feel like that's probably the ceiling, but in the same breath, We've seen what he can do. We saw it, you know, two years ago against the Colts in the playoffs. He had a monster game against them, which was a good defense. He lights up the Chiefs last year. I think we're going to see more consistency. He's going to get on the field more at the end of the day. He's one of the better blocking wide receivers that is around in the NFL, and that's why he's going to be on the field for 85 to 90% of the snaps going forward, and that means more opportunity for a guy that can create plays in an offense that's going to need that to happen. 
That I, playoff, uh, playoff Gabe, as I was starting to call him, kind of reminds me of the whole playoff Lenny thing that we went through with the Bucks, almost where you're just like, is this for real? Are we? Can we depend on this? Um, you brought up the third wide receiver. I know there's a few days when there was like the buzz, and I think Von Miller and OBJ went back and forth on it on maybe OBJ coming to Buffalo. Is that something that you would want to see, or is it? not worth the gamble oh oh bring it on i mean yeah. anytime you can it's funny because when we talk about odell beckham we think about the catch and we think about you know uh, the him punching the the kicking net and all of the stuff that went along with it but at the end of the day this is a talented receiver regardless yeah. of the injuries he's still talented he had and nobody wants to talk about this because we want to keep going back to justin jefferson's rookie year and calvin johnson's rookie year Odell Beckham Jr. had the best rookie wide receiver season of all time. He just yeah. only played 13 games. That's the difference. He had 1,300 yeah. yards in 13 games. That's yeah, the nice. difference. So we're talking about a player who now has a Super Bowl ring, and he's not going to be back until later. The Bills are a team that could afford to wait on signing a guy like that because they have no choice. He's not going to pass a physical right now. We know that. But yeah. if you bring Odell Beckham Jr. into this roster with Stephon Diggs and – Gabe Davis and James Cook and Dawson Knox. Find me a defense that can play with that because I don't know too many that can, that can, how many, how many teams have better three wide receivers? You could make the argument that Cincinnati does. You could make the argument that the Bucks are going to be up there too, right? Yeah. You guys, you guys are high on Julio, aren't you? Dude, Julio's our fourth receiver, bro. Are you kidding me? You're 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 on the Russell Gage train. Yeah. I'm on. The, I'm on. The, some semblance of those two guys equates to a hell of a third receiver. So whichever one it was, but, I don't care. But look at. But look at what we're talking about. We're talking about the pinnacle of three wide receiver teams. There's not very many that can throw that out there, and that's just a mismatch nightmare for opposing defenses. I would sign up for Odell Beckham Jr. all day because you're. So are you going to double Stephon Diggs with Odell Beckham and Gabe Davis on the field? Like, I mean, go for it because somebody's going to be open. So you can try that. But it's not going to work for you. So I'm I'm all for adding talent. That's what they've tried to do. They're in a position where they can add on the I, – I don't want to call Odell Beckham on the periphery, but you can add on the periphery and it's you're just rounding out your roster. You don't have any holes anymore. I like a humbled OBJ too, which it seems like they got uh, in L.A. last year. And look how effective he was in that Super Bowl game, for example. Um Really good performance. So we've talked a bit about the additions, even a potential addition just now to this Bills roster. Uh, Brian Dable has left the building, an important part of Josh Allen's success. How important? I think we're going to find out. I'm curious, what's your biggest concern regarding the Bills entering this year, Matt? Um, hmm. I, I, think, I think it's just the health of the offensive line because I don't I don't think the depth is all that great. It's it's they have a decent offensive line, but we've seen a lot of cases where Josh Allen has to, you know, run for his life a little bit. Um and they they lost John Feliciano. They added Roger Saffold. Like they've again they've added and and we've seen We've seen them round out that offensive line. It's it's going to be just if they can stay healthy because keeping Josh Allen upright is going to be the biggest key. I get the concern with with Brian Dable not being there. It sounds like a lot of the verbiage has stayed the same. I think for the most part, we're going to see much of the same on offense. I do think that we will see more of 
the running backs used in the passing game. That's why they went out and got James Cook. I think that's going to be the one big difference that we see on offense because you don't spend a second-round pick on a guy that you're not going to use. I mean, everybody wants to say, oh, Devin Singletary's look good. If you watch James Cook, and granted, against second-string and, and sometimes third-string defenses, he's performed pretty well. This is a guy that is a mismatch against linebackers. He's um, he, he's he's a great open field runner. Like we, he reminds me, and I know people are gonna just laugh because they think I'm such an idiot. But he he reminds me of Alvin Kamara when he plays. He's a very upright runner. He's very shifty, and he's great in the passing game. And just like Alvin Kamara was underutilized at Tennessee, you could make the argument that James Cook was underutilized at Georgia yeah. because Zamir White got a lot of the shine, especially in their senior year. So I think he fits the what they're trying to do because people always say, oh, well, they don't throw to the running backs. Find me a running back that they have had since Josh Allen got there that is that adept in the passing game. The answer is none. So my, my concern would probably be I wonder how much different the offense looks and keeping keeping Josh Allen upright and making sure that O-line's healthy. After that, like I said, I just don't see any holes here. I, I mean, you could maybe make the case at linebacker because Tremaine Edmonds is very up and down. Like Matt Milano's solid. He's a, he's a really good cover linebacker. He's great in the run game. Tremaine Edmonds has shown flashes of that, but we haven't seen enough. He's also in a contract year. So we're going to really see what I think will be the best of Tremaine Edmonds because man, man wants to get paid. Um, that would be the only kind of hole that I can find because it's certainly not anywhere else on the roster. I think from the outside looking in, that's definitely what I would have said too. It's basically running the ball with consistency and also like developing that run game and getting that almost the running backs involved in the passing game. And then also stopping the run. Like the, the most embarrassing moment yes. of the season last year for you guys was – against that Pats team, right? So, Well, that and the game against Indy, where yeah. Jonathan Taylor just went nuts, and I'm sitting here watching this game and going, is this over yet? Because I really <laughs> don't want to play Indianapolis in the playoffs based on what I saw. But that's where the rotation comes in. Hopefully they can keep these guys fresh, and Ed Oliver takes the next step in his development because that's a guy that people were trying to – and again, crazy because you're not going to be that guy, but they were talking about him as, a, as Aaron Donald light. We haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Aaron Donald's the best player in football. Sorry. I mean, he's that yeah. good. And we just haven't seen that from, from Ed Oliver. But maybe, maybe, maybe we see him take the next step too. Sometimes it takes a little bit to put it together, man. Like Robert Quinn had like 18 sacks this past year, right? And a lot of people yeah. like Scott couldn't believe that. He was like, ooh, but Robert Quinn, are you shitting me? So you never know when it can click for those like D linemen, certain players, you know. Um, who are you? Who are you? Who scares you the most in the AFC East, the Dolphins or the Patriots? Not to say one scares you. Who's better? Ugh, neither. I mean, it's <laughs> Miami based on talent. There's a there's a serious talent discrepancy between the two teams. Um, I've, I've said this on a, on podcast before. I've said it on the radio. I, I think Mike McDaniel is a fraud. I think all this buddy buddy stuff with the media is just he's setting himself up for when things go bad that they just take it easy on him. That's what it kind of feels like um, taking selfies with the guys in the press. Like the, the, the jig is up, man. Like, honestly, the jig is up. I'm so, I'm so tired of him already. And even him, there was a clip of him talking about Tua and the ball that he throws. And if I was a receiver, this would be the perfect ball. 
that would be thrown to me. And they asked him, so you're saying that Tua throws the per- most perfect ball of anybody that's ever played? Well, I'm not really saying that, but listen, I think the guy's a bit of a space cadet. I'm not sure if he's a good football coach. Um, you could maybe Kyle Shanahan was the genius and Mike McDaniel is not. Maybe he is just the assistant. And I, I mean, New England's really taking a step back. Not having Josh McDaniels, they're really, really kind of takes the shine off that team because I don't think people give him enough credit for what he did with that offense. When you look at how they, they didn't have players on offense outside of Damian Harrison and Ramondre Stevenson. I mean, Mac Jones was good last year, but Mac Jones was good because Josh McDaniels protected him. I'm not quite sure that Matt Patricia and Joe judge are the right guys to protect your second year quarterback. This is bill Belichick being bill Belichick. He's very stubborn and he loses his guys. Like, Oh, I'll just go. I'll go get, my guys that I had before who have never done anything on offense. Like Joe judge was, um, he was a special teams guy yeah. And, yeah. and, and Matt Patricia is a defense guy. Find, yeah, find, this, find the it's, it's ridiculous. If I had to pick a team, it's definitely Miami just because I think that Miami has more talent. I think they have their, their offense, offensive weapons are great. I'm just not sure about the quarterback and the bills kill the dolphins when Josh Allen has been a member of the Bills. So I'm not as concerned. Now, let's just say, I mean, let, I, I won't deny, there's no doubt, I don't think anyone will, that the Bills have all of the talent. It just feels like it's their time, it's their year. Let's assume they come out of the, or let's not assume, let's hypothetically pretend they come out of the AFC. Who do you not want to face who's a legit contender in the NFC? Because it's unbelievable, by the way, the how those two uh, conferences stack up, if you look at the legit contenders that exist in both teams. Truly unbelievable. There's more than double, well over double, um, in the AFC. So, Maddie, I want your take on the NFC. Hmm. You want to know which team I don't want to play in, in the in the Super Bowl? Or, or like, you could even just kind of give me your – who are the true contenders in the NFC? Yeah. Like, okay. what team would you not want to face? Is it the Packers, the Bucks? I mean, is it the Rams? Who, who Like, how do, how do those teams stack up so, in your eyes? The Rams, if we look at the Rams from last year, the Rams were the four seed coming in. And they were – they were a Jaquiski Tart dropped interception away from not getting to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And we'd be talking about the San Francisco 49ers, who frankly, I didn't think were all that great last year either. So I look at I look at Green Bay, and I know everybody, well, Devontae Adams is there. Have you seen that defense? Yeah. That Green right. Bay defense is legit. And Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. I don't care what anybody says. Aaron Rodgers. Romeo Dobbs. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is seven and zero when Devontae Adams doesn't play. Okay, like I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. I do think, and you guys are gonna like this. I do think that Tampa Bay is the team that gets out of the NFC. I just think that they're going at it one more time. But this is the prediction. This is what you guys won't like. The Buffalo Bills have endured so much pain at the hands of Tom Brady. Josh Allen, the savior, comes to Buffalo. Goes to the Super Bowl and it's not and it's not against New England. We know that can't they they exercised that demon last year in the playoffs when they ran rough shot. They get to Tom Brady, the final boss, and Josh Allen, boy wonder, retires Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. That's the dream. That is the dream. And it's possible. It's possible. I think that I think that Tampa Bay I, I I'm not going to discount the Rams, but I think it's a two-horse race between Tampa Bay and 
and Green Bay. I think those are the two best teams. I think I think that's obviously a really solid prediction. And like I have a lot of friends who are Bills fans, you know, be living in the Toronto area. I've grown up with with that. So um, that dream you mentioned, I mean, that's a common one for a lot of my friends. They have the same uh, dream. And what a way to to I don't know if Brady would retire if, if he lost to the Bills in the Super Bowl. First off, he might he run it back. He should. He might run. <laughs> I don't know if he could, but uh yeah, it's interesting, man, the way you talk about the Packers, because you're right. Everyone just thinks Aaron Rodgers, uh, two-time MVP, uh, back-to-back MVPs, um, and and you're right about the numbers. Without Devontae Adams, you know, that offense, they can still get it done. Aaron Jones is probably going to be a machine as a receiver this season. I'm sure you're on him in fantasy, Maddie, just hearing how you're talking about Rodgers. Um, the Bucks have a great defense, too, though. I, th- I think their defense is going to take a big step this year. They've added a lot of depth, Todd Bowles said. At his most recent press conference, he thinks they have a lot more depth than they did the year they won the Super Bowl. So I really like what they've done on that side of the ball. And then you throw in the offense. So I, so I like to give him the edge. Again, I'm obviously biased as well. That's why Bo does the podcast with me. He's not even a Bucks fan, man. He just helps <laughs> keep me in check. So We all need that. We all need that. Someone to level us off every once in a while. <laughs> okay, Maddie, I know you got to dip out of here. I want to hit you with one. I'm going to put you on the spot if you're able. Um, and Bo, sure. I'd love to get yours after as well. The sure. AFC West, the AFC West, the quality of talent is absolutely ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to know between the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Chargers, and the Raiders, how you would rank those four from best to worst after this se- regular season when it's all said and done. Record. Wow. Okay. So um, if if I, I'm a betting man, so if I were to bet on any team to come out of there just because the odds are so good, it would probably be the Raiders. But that's not who's going to win the division. It's going to be the Chargers. Justin Herbert is that good. We know he's that good. Miami looks stupid for not drafting him. I told them that they should have, but why would they listen to me? I'm just some idiot. Um, the Chargers, I, the Chiefs are still the Chiefs, man. And I really have a hard time betting against them. I think they're second. I think the Raiders are third. And I don't think that Russell Wilson is the same quarterback that we've seen in previous years. I think that the Broncos are fourth. However, I do believe that all four of those teams are making the playoffs. I'm with you on that. Bo, how does your stack up? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I like the Chargers. I just think they're so much deeper on defense now. I think that's mm-hmm. the thing that kind of separates them between all the other all the other teams. Um, I like the Chargers. I actually do like the Broncos. I just I feel like everyone's kind of counting them out, and I'm just being contrarian. I'm just going to go the other way and just say, okay, they're going to be second because I, I think the Chargers are a clear cut for me to be number one now after watching preseason, even though they've lost all their preseason games. But um, I just love their roster so much. I think the Chargers can be good. I think it's the Broncos. Then I think it's the Chiefs. Then I think it's the Raiders. And I, I hate saying that about the Raiders because, I don't know, I love Las Vegas. but uh, And I love Devontae Adams as well too. But um, I think they're going to be coming up short, a little short this year. It sucks when you agree with your co-host. That's what I got, Bo. I got, I got the Broncos too. Um, and then I got the, the Chiefs and the Raiders. But uh, incredible. I agree with you, though, Maddie. I think they're all going to make it. And you can't go wrong no matter what order you put it, really. so no. Four playoff teams in a division. I mean, you just don't see that. You really yeah. just don't see yeah. that. I so, feel like as a Bucks fan, I mean, as a Bills fan, that's kind of like going into this season as the conference favorite or pretty much the conference favorite, right? Um, people are just assuming that the AFC West is just going to completely – Murder, They're just going to beat each other, each other right? up. Yeah. I'm t- the team that if I if I'm the Bills, the team I don't want to play is the Chargers. 
They have the quarterback that can go toe to toe with you, but they also have the defense. Like adding JC Jackson, they added um, Khalil oh Mack. Khalil they added Mack, Khalil yeah. Mack, and and if Joe, if if Bosa can stay healthy, Derwin I mean, James. Derwin James is. I love Derwin James. He's, he's so he's yeah. so good. You just can't. But again, if those two guys can stay healthy, that's an elite defense. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah. yeah, and and like I know they were terrible against the run last year, but if if they're all healthy, that's going to change um, this year. And I love how they drafted Zion Johnson as well, reinforce that offensive line, pair him yeah. with Rashawn Slater. Got to keep Herbert safe. You know they're doing things right there. So we'll see finally. How, how. Finally, finally, and they're a fun team to cheer for, man. With with Eckler, you know, redefining a pat, modern day Marshall Falk. He looks like sometimes like. <laughs> Yeah. What Herbert does is just incredible. So, anyway, that's that, Maddie. I know you got a dip. You're a new father, and congratulations, man. Thank super, you. Super yeah. proud of you. Where can anyone who's tuning in, if they want to check out what you do, can they listen to you online at MaddieMar89 on Twitter? Tell us about I, what you got going on. Yeah, I actually have uh, the fantasy show on Sportsnet 590. The fans starting out uh, September 11th, the first Sunday of the NFL season. I think we have some preview pods where we just do our our top 12 uh, rankings from each position and maybe some some guys drafted outside the top 12 at their top 20 at their position that could finish in the top 12. So little preview for us, and uh, that starts up September 11th. So every Sunday, and if you need fantasy advice, send me a DM. Uh, my DMs are open and uh, always willing to lend a hand. We appreciate that, Maddie, and best of luck to your Bills. If they do meet in the Super Bowl, we're gonna get you back on. Give us that. You got. You can you make it happen, buddy. I'll make it happen. You know. That. All right, all right. That's my dude. Take it easy, Maddie. Thank you. Good to see you, Matt. As always, a pleasure to have Matt Marchese in the building. Um, and we're gonna keep going, ball. I want to keep talking a little bit about this sort of contenders discussion. Who is for real, right? Because I think yeah. it's an intriguing one. Just with where the league is at, and like I already talked about, so like in terms of the NFC, let's stick with the NFC because that's where we were, right? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop some names. You got Bucks, Rams, Packers. They go, they those have to be undisputed contenders in the yeah. NFC. And if you ask me, those could be the only real contenders. I mean, you got the Saints and Eagles, who are very intriguing to me, and 49ers. I kind of have Saints? those. Yeah, potent- yeah, yeah. Saints still have a good roster, man, for sure. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I, I, I think losing uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson that's a little bit tough. Um, interesting move, eh? Like for really, like for free, right? Like they for, just don't want to pay this guy. For um, a team that's going for it, dang. Yeah. So, but yeah, you're right. Like their their wide receiver room is like stacked, and uh, I don't know. You still got Jameis back there. You just can't quit Jameis, right? It's not honestly, Jameis is the least of it. It's just more that that they've man. I mean, losing Armstead's a massive loss. Like they brought in Teron Matthew. They they have a great they have great players on the defensive side of the ball. All the all like a really well rounded defense. Um, yeah. I love the Olave pick. Michael Thomas is coming back healthy. They have one of the most talented running backs in football. Um, some really nice pieces on the offensive line outside of Armstead, who they lost. Obviously, they drafted Penning to be his replacement, who was hurt high ankle sprain, I think. I just think I just think it's hard to sleep on them, especially in what is a soft NFC. So I think their name needs to be mentioned at least as a playoff team. I certainly yeah, don't have them as a real contender. Um, yeah, Josh- I, I think I think I'm with you, right? Like I think it's it's the Rams, it's the Bucks, it's the the Green Bay Packers. Um, I think the Eagles are kind of creeping there. I just like what would need to go wrong with that roster for them not to be a contender, right? There's so many things. They're they're deep. And like the front end of that, the talent is just incredible, right? 
Are you talking um, Eagles? Are you talking Eagles? Yeah, the Eagles. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really like the Eagles roster, like top to bottom, really at this point. Um, I do. I think the 49ers as well. I'm really close to having them up there um, as well. I think that like you just can't. You have no idea what's going to be happening with Trey Lance. That's probably the only like reservation I have really is if they can utilize all of their weapons with that quarterback back there. Um, another team just based off of having a new coach and how many close games they lost last year, Minnesota Vikings. It's an interesting kind of, one. Yeah. That's an interesting one for me is just, I think their defense was really banged up going into the end of last season. They ended up miss, losing like a lot of three point games or less than three point games. Um, and I think Mike Zimmer is to blame for a lot of that as well, too. But I just think with the new new coach, new offensive philosophy, I could just see them having a little bit of a resurgence and, and maybe making things interesting in the NFC North. Um, Neil L, what it do watching us on YouTube? What's good, Neil, man? Hit us up with any questions if you want us or let us know your thoughts in terms of who's contenders, who's pretenders, NFC or AFC. Um, we were talking about the Chargers offensive line improvements there. Jamari Sawyer was a low key good depth guard at as well. Couldn't agree more. You got to reinforce the trenches with depth coming from a big time program. We talk about it every week. George, yeah. the next great Georgia Bulldog. There's so many of them. Um, Capo also goes on to say, good friend of the show, Josh Capo of Pewter Report. Check his workout as always. Uh, he's got some futures on Detroit. Definitely not a contender, I don't think, but an interesting one. And after watching, great value. Hard- after watching, yeah, it's all about the value, right? There you go. But after watching Hard Knocks, I'll be cheering for him. I'll tell you that. Um, and then Josh agrees, Saints making the playoffs. I mean, there's just not enough competition. I think there's only three real contenders, and I have the Eagles like like similar to you, Bo. I, I hate when we agree on everything, which we already agreed on our ranking of the AFC West. Um, I think the Eagles, if 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 hurts, if it clicks for Hurts this year, that roster is. A piece of yeah. work. What Howie Roseman's done this offseason is fantastic. Draft, yeah. free agency, trade. He's hit it all. Um, they're they're so, so well built in the trenches. It's unbelievable. I mean, you know. Yeah, the Jordan Davis pickup, like, guy that everyone's just like, oh, yeah, the Ravens are getting him because he's, he's that guy on defense. Um, right? Yeah, I, I love that pick. Love that for them. And, like, yeah, man, it's crazy. And then – you know, they've got two other stud defensive tackles as well so that he'll be able to, to contribute in part of a rotation, keep those guys fresh. That's scary. They got a really strong O-line that they keep adding to. So the Eagles, I mean, obviously hurts as a passer, leaves something to be desired. But I also love, like, the receiving weapons. AJ, AJ Brown and Devontae. Yeah. Devontae has a two. Like, yeah. a two receiver is scary. Like, yeah, nuts. here we are. Um, so all right. what what about as a like on that whole same Detroit uh, guilty pleasure angle? Do you have any other guilty pleasure teams in the NFCs that like you wouldn't be? Maybe they make you a little bit scared if you saw them first first weekend of the playoffs. Good question. I mean, if the Cowboys were to get on something magical shit, maybe, but I just don't, I don't even know if they can make the make the playoffs. Like, I mean, they yeah. might be able to, um, but no, I guess that's ultimately what I'm saying is I'm not the Saints. The Saints are the only team that would scare me because it's the fucking Saints. Yeah, right. And just because of how things go versus the Saints, but at least in the playoffs of our last five matchups with them, um, at least we won the one playoff game. So <laughs> yeah. the answer would be the Saints. I think I'm just it's yeah. unbelievable. 
I believe it's between the Bucks, Rams, and Packers for NFC supremacy when it's all said and done. Of course, that's without, you know, barring some significant injury to a key player. Um, and I, I kind of think it stops there, man. It's got to be one of those three teams that come out of the NFC. AFC-wise, though, so that's three teams in my mind. Am I missing one there when I say those three, Bo? I, I mean, I, I think, like, for me, I think I can put Eagles in that group, but it's, I think those are the clear cut, clear cut three. I could agree with that. I could agree with that. I was just bigging them up, like talking about how how lethal they are, talking about the roster. I yeah. mean, if things go right, if if it's it's on Hurts, if he if he kills it, then yeah, absolutely, they could be that dangerous. So that's fair. We can give them legitimate um, contender status. AFC, AFC, Bills, Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers, Bengals, Ravens, Colts. Like those to me, Raiders. Those to me are all legitimate teams. I. I mean, yeah, slide the Raiders, put the Raiders in the NFC, and like they're undoubtedly a top four. Yeah, here clearly. I have seven teams ahead of them in the AFC. Yeah, and it's just it's so like I feel like nobody's even talking about the Bengals, and they were just in the Super Bowl. Like it's insane how deep that conference is right now. I, like you're gonna have to make some real big Sophie choices every Sunday when you're trying to watch all these games in the AFC. Dude, I know. Um, but like I'll like if I have to, like I'll just watch every AFC West game. Like at least you know those teams are gonna be playing each other each of those other teams twice. So there's gonna be a good matchup every week just based on that that uh division, man. Like that's that's fantastic stuff. Um yeah, I mean, Bo, you've been a Ravens guy for time. I mean, a lot of people are saying it, it's a popular pick, but you can't deny that Lamar Jackson's going to come out motivated. I mean, it's looking like he'll be doing it without a contract. Yeah. Super intriguing that he's representing himself cuz as we as we um as we've learned with the Roquan Smith situation in Chicago, I mean, I the the, yeah. the purpose of an agent is almost in a way to preserve feelings cuz if, if a player's representing themselves in a significant contract discussion, you know, when you got an agent, you're not in there. So you're not hearing them like say why you aren't worth that money. So when yeah, you're saying yeah, yeah. to a player's face, it just makes shit really awkward. And I think that's what happened with Roquan Smith. Well, I, I think I think the Ravens one and Lamar is a, a particular case where it's just like the Deshaun Watson thing just completely messed it up. Once they completely guaranteed that entire contract, the Ravens were never going to do that. And it's just he just happens to be on a team that is not going to give him a fully guaranteed contract for the amount of years and at the price tag that he wants. So um it's a tough realization he's gonna get something they're not gonna let him walk i can't imagine that they would let him walk but it's uh it's a really tough situation to go into the year with i think that's the thing that's like holding me back from actually picking them because i absolutely love their defense again this year i love their secondary more probably more than any secondary in the league right now um and then yeah i I think the tough part with the ravens is the running the ball which you rely on Lamar to do it a ton, but I don't know who's going to be in that backfield. I saw a clip of J.K. Dobbins taking some a drill in, in a practice or something like that and was just like visibly limping. So I don't know what's going to happen there. Sounds like they they brought in Kenyon Drake. I, I can't I, even I, keep I, I, I can't even keep, much done. I can't even keep track of the Ravens running backs, man. I feel like they're going to go 10 deep at that spot. It's uh, really I, I think, yeah, you could be like we could be in week 10 with their 10th running back back there honestly yeah and I, and I got some serious stock in Dobbins from a fantasy perspective as well like he's a keeper yeah. like a ninth round ninth round keeper so obviously yeah. I'm keeping him but I'm yeah, not yeah. so yeah. sure 
how healthy he is and how that might look. I love how Capo is bringing the heat here, um, offering his predictions. But who we who we missing here? Since he, you got Indy. Oh, so so you're off Denver. You're off Denver, eh, Josh? Um, seems like like I I believe in Denver, man. I believe in that roster. I believe in what George Payton's done there. And then to top it off with Russell Wilson, I think people are sleeping a little bit on how great Russ is. And if he can have a competent play caller and a competent decision maker as a head coach with a roster flush with talent on both sides of the ball, I'm expecting big things from the Broncos. Um, and I have trouble leaving them off. Indianapolis Colts are super interesting. Oh, Quapo comes on to say Russ ain't it. Russ is it. And he'll show you why, man. And I'm not just some fanboy booster. Like, I'm telling you, man, like Russell Wilson is unbelievable quarterback, man. People can't – I think people are losing sight of him with all the trendiness and sexiness of the Herberts and the Burrows. And and also how bad Seattle was, right? Like he, he made them a legitimate NFL team last year, basically. That's it because that's how bad that roster was. Dude, their offensive play calling has been unbelievable. Yeah. Like they haven't – let Russ cook is real. Like it's because you have DK fucking Metcalf and Tyler Lockett there open every damn play and you're handing the ball off to Chris Carson on third and four. Like, God, like, come on, man. Um, Russell Wilson is so good. He's such a good improviser. He can also play within a system as he showed. It was only when he would really go off script that they make those big plays happen. I think they're going to give him more freedom here. And I think he's going to remind people how great he is. Um, he was legit bad last year, Capo, but uh, we have just explained why, man. Not to mention he had a terrible thumb injury, but that roster is atrocious. They they yeah. they sacrificed everything for Jamal, Jamal Adams, Adams yeah. all, all their future, terrible offensive line, a total lack of identity, trying to force the ball, running the ball. I mean, that stuff matters, I think. So anyway, we'll be on opposite sides of the coin, Capo. We'll see what happens this year, my dude. We'll, we'll keep track of that. Uh, progress for the Broncos. And I think Russ, Russ Wilson could easily be an MVP candidate and in those discussions. Interesting team that you, that Josh has there that I have in my list that is worth touching on as we discuss AFC contenders. I agree that the Colts are a legit um, AFC contender personally. You know, they've had all these different quarterbacks at varying points of their career. I mean, it's super admirable what um, – God, what am I doing? Not Wentz. Um, Philip Rivers did there despite his age. Yeah. Then last year, they go to Wentz. Complete disaster. We called that on the spot being a complete disaster and a beyond perplexing decision to bring him in. And it went exactly how we expected. So I promise you, folks, if you weren't like we, I wouldn't be saying that if that isn't exactly what we said. So uh, sometimes you got to pat yourself on the back. Right, Wheezy? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Anyway, Colts are legit, man. They got a nasty defense. Stefan Gilmore, I think, is going to like show he's still legit. Uh, just even seeing some glimpses of him in the preseason. Last week versus the Bucks. I mean, I think he's going to be motivated and, and really good this year, fitting in nicely with a ton of good players. They're well built in the trenches. They got a stud linebacker in the middle who's officially known as Shaq. I was going to say, is Darius Shaq Leonard? Yeah, I love how everyone all of a sudden just calls him Shaquille Leonard, and there's no like <laughs> Darius Leonard has officially switched to be referred to by his middle name, which is Shaquille, yeah. which like it's like Gio, Giancarlo Stanton, where he's just like, yeah, I'm Giancarlo now. I'm, I'm yeah. on the Yankees. Yeah, exactly. It was like after Joe Tryon was drafted, it was became Joe Tryon Shank. I was like, all right, whatever. He's doing it before his career starts. That's smart. Yeah. You wait till you're like an all pro, three time all pro linebacker before you switch it. It's just confusing. But anyway, what do you what do you thinking of the Colts? Like, do you, do yeah, you know I, I like the Colts. I I think it's tough for me with the Colts just because 
they don't have that wide receiver. I guess it's Michael Pittman Jr. Let everyone's hoping that's going to have that sustain that big leap, almost like in a Gabe Davis situation. Um, but I'm wondering. I'm wondering about that passing game. But with Jonathan Taylor back there, they're just they're going to move the ball. You know. Hell yeah, they are. Yeah. So oh, there we go. Capo's starting to get on the same page here, and he tried to troll <laughs> us. He tried to troll us more. Uh, Wentz is better than Russ. Okay, I can't type that with a straight yeah. face. Yeah, yeah, we know, brother. Um, cool. Well, the you, Chiefs any in, guilty pleasures in uh, in this conference. Anyone that you would want to see like go on a little bit of a run? Well, bro, you know that the Chargers have been my guilty pleasure. I mean, yeah. so now no, no, not, like a, no, a non contender. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. They weren't a contender, and now they are. So I can't pick them. Like the, the Chargers, yeah. a team I would love to watch. Same with the Bengals. Obviously, yeah. couldn't do that either. Um, almost like a league pass team, man. I don't know. Like, I, I got, I just, all I can think about is that AFC West and watching those teams battle. Yeah, it out. It's so tough to find a non-contender in this conference. Um, if I was going to pick one that I was going to, I hope that it's going to be, might be okay. Pittsburgh, it's Pittsburgh kind of that team this year. That's just like, they're not good, but maybe they are like their wide receivers are crazy. Um, like Najee Harris is unreal. If they can figure a court, if Mitch Trubisky is the answer, big Ben was so bad. Maybe Mitch Trubisky is actually a step up. Uh, I think it, it, that is totally fair because I think they're going to be better undoubtedly because of the improvement of the quarterback position. And even if it isn't Trubisky, who's looked good and who people are almost a little too hard on based on what yeah. he's done. I mean, he was stuck with Matt Nagy in an inept offense in a, with a terrible roster in Chicago. I mean, and he still got it done. Josh stole in on YouTube, stole the, my next point right out of my mouth. Yeah. It's that Pittsburgh O-line is such a disaster. Um, yeah. But also the other thing is, even if it didn't work out with Trubisky, um, um, the rookie looks looks like the real deal. Kenny Pickett, yeah, Kenny small, Pickett. Hand, small hands Pickett. So, yeah. Um, and then there's George Pickens, nasty yeah, George. Guy. Yeah, well, f- of course, man. That's our guy. We've been talking yeah. George Pickens for time. He was a first rounder. Didn't wasn't drafted there, but now everyone's on the Pickens train because of his preseason. So, whatever. Uh, Bucks banner let you know first. But yeah, O-line, a team can only go so far with their O-line. Your O-line will continue to be your floor and your ceiling when it's all said and done. You so heard Marchese true. talk about it with the Bills. Um, Capo brings it up now with Pitt. Like, you can only be so good if you don't trust your offensive line. Um, and that's that's going to have – they're going to have to pull off some, like, Kansas City last offseason and what Cincinnati has done this offseason, which is just completely reinforce the offensive line in one off, one. Um, off season, so yeah. um, if they could do that next year, then we then you could, we could really be talking, you know. So you're right, though they haven't improved the quarterback position, and that's super important. And they've they've added some nice pieces elsewhere. It's time to shift briefly. Like we, we haven't talked at all, and we, because we had a guest, we we kind of pushed the Bucks talk to the back, um, the back half of the episode. So I mean, like every other team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had to make a number of cuts in order to finalize their final 53 man roster. In terms of surprises, I, I, I want to put up like a Twitter poll or something. Like, I don't know what is more surprising. The fact that the Bucks caught cut Tyler Johnson based off a of fantastic uh, training camp and undoubtedly being their best receiver in the preseason. I mean, he had convinced almost everyone who covers the team that he would be um, he would be at the very least making the making the squad yeah. based on his age, experience, whatever. 
So is that a bigger surprise or was it them keeping Brashad Perriman? Was that a bigger yeah. surprise? Yeah, I, I I think for me, it's got to be Tyler Johnson. Like, I just, I think the way that we talked about him, not only, like, or on this offseason, I know last year was, like, a pretty disappointing, but it was disappointing for a reason, right? Like, that was a guy that the potential, like, Brady saw the potential in this kid, right? So, I think him just being not on the team anymore, it just, it blows my mind. I, I, I texted you almost immediately. And it, you told me you already wrote, wrote the article. So um, it's it's nuts to me, honestly. Unreal. And then, yeah, like I, I, even if we look at them, let's say, as the same debate here, I don't know how you keep Rashad Perriman over Tyler Johnson if it was just yeah. a one-in-one-out scenario. Like, to me, I got to say, you know, I will always defer to the professionals, especially when they have a proven track record of bringing Super Bowls to the Tampa Bay area, uh, which Jason Light does. But – and, and I don't know what's going on behind the scenes um, aside yeah. from what, you know, we can, we can gather from training camp and from press conferences. We don't know what goes on in the locker room, uh, but I sure as hell, based on what I've seen um, and believe in age and all these factors, I don't know what on earth people think we have in Brashad Perriman aside from that one big catch last year yeah. um, to win the game versus the bills, I believe who uh, should have brought that up with Maddie on the show, but um just, just, I just have trouble seeing how that's more worth, more worth your time than keeping Tyler Johnson. Um, Josh, just pretty much doing the show with us, and I love it. On, on uh, Josh, Josh Capo Pewter Report again. It looks like they prioritize the speed element. Chris Godwin, Evans, Julio, Gage can all play slot, so TJ was redundant. Really interesting. Yeah, they wanted that outside guy. Um, and and you're right. So that's would be why they brought in Scotty Miller. I mean. It's, it's, yeah, Scotty Miller being back, being a part of this wide receiver room again and like a focal part at this point. I don't know. Like, is he your fifth receiver? I mean, and then like Darden too, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, the Scotty Miller ones, it's it's really, I'm surprised, man. I'm shocked. I didn't, I didn't, not like I assume I'm always right, but I was just, I'm basing my decisions off what I've seen. And their usage of Scotty Miller was so peculiar last yeah. season after he came back from a brutal bout with turf toe. Um, but he was barely used and, and that was very, very surprising to me. And then with limited production, if any, I'm getting some echo here, I wonder why you want to, uh, cleared up the Logan Ryan stuff. Like I, I, I guess got cut. Basically, if you're a Bucks fan, you probably just saw the headline that he got cut, but all indications that he's coming back. Yeah. He's already, re- he's already signed. It was just back. simply, simply a formality to get Ryan Jensen put on the IR. So Logan Ryan just did a solid and said, sure, use my name, release my ass. Um, so it was actually a respectful vet move. Um, we're having some audio difficulties here, so a little bit of an echo. I don't know. Are you hearing that, Bo? No, I'm not hearing it. Hmm. Uh, if anyone's watching wants to let us know how the audio sounds, if you're hearing me echo, that would be super helpful. But uh, it might just be off your computer or something. Yeah, I think that was it, Bo. I think we solved it there. Uh, fantastic. So anyway. And Devin Tompkins, man, shout out to not just Devin Tompkins, but Jarrus Stearns, Kayla Geiger. What a crop of undrafted free agent wide receivers the Bucks had. So much so, I was convinced one of them, I thought it was Devin Tompkins, uh, was going to make the team. And I think covering this team throughout the preseason, it was a fun ride, like just kind of debating that. Unfortunately, based on where this team is at, I think they're just not in a position where they want to gamble on a first-year undrafted rookie. So we'll see which of those guys land back on the practice squad um, and, and if 
who 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 else ends up elsewhere. Bucks also traded Grant Stewart, former Mr. Irrelevant. I believe he was like third in the NFL in special teams tackles last year. Uh, they tr- they managed to ship him and a seventh rounder to the Colts for a sixth rounder. I think that's good business right there, man. Yeah. Like, um, you know, between uh, Ola Conley, uh, Fatakasi, who had clearly flashed all over the place in preseason, not just on specials, but when he's in there, I think he showed a lot more promise as an actual reserve inside linebacker. Uh, which is which is the appeal there. So if he can get it done on specials and be a guy they could actually trust throwing out there a little more athletic, longer um, than Grant Stewart, that that move makes made sense there. And the fact that Jason Light was able to turn that into some draft capital from again the last pick in the 2021 NFL draft, turn that into a future six ultimately, good bit of business there by by the boss up front. And Co Keith made the team, and I yeah. love that. Uh, I've been all on Co'Keefe, as a lot of people have, because this dude just paves the way. He is an incredible blocker, unbelievable blocker. It, it showed up as soon as you watched him on the field. For anyone who's been watching, I just I feel like he's immediately endeared himself to Bucks fans because of how hard he blocks. So he'll be in this like hybrid fullback tight end role, almost like an extra guard, offensive. maybe guard. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> like I suggested, he could you could give him Gadecki some competition at, at the left guard spot. Um, yeah, with him, so he's vicious, and I'm pumped that he's on the team. How are we feeling about the O line actually? Well, coming out of these three games, four games, whatever it was. Yeah, man, Hainsy going down is scary AF. Like seeing yeah. Hainsy go down. And in, look in pain. And I know, like, oh, it's just a sprain. That's good. I'm happy. It's nothing too serious. But my heart dropped. And I don't like the feeling of being, like, nauseous when, Play away. when our second-string center is going down on the, in the last preseason game. Yeah. I mean, it's certain. I, let's just say I'm concerned about the interior still, uh, the left side of the interior, because you got two young guys who are really going to have to get their feet wet um, in a really challenging environment, the regular season. And they've already shown their – some struggles they've certainly both look good and i think they're solid players but the health the health there is a concern having already lost aaron stinney um you know like that's big right so i mean it's it's i am concerned that that's my biggest concern like how i asked marchese about what would be his biggest concern for the bills there's no doubt it's it's whether these young guys on the left side of the interior offensive line can step up to the task because we're not asking one of them to do it. We're asking two of them to do it. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, it's tough, man. Yeah. So I really like what I've seen from Hainsey. I hope he's okay. I hope uh, it's just, it's going to be tough coming in if you're not at a hundred percent, but I hope he can get healthy. And, you know, as we, as we've said before, Tom Brady has an unbelievable resume, not like he's the one blocking, but he has an unbelievable resume when it comes to getting the, the most out of his lineman, young rookie offensive lineman and getting all the way to the big dance and hoisting that that Lombardi trophy at the end of it. So if there's anyone who can coach up an offensive line and get them on the same page, it would be Tom Brady at 45 years old. I'll say that much. <laughs> it's nuts. Um, yeah, man. And a little pleasant surprise is kind of the running back performance, specifically of Keyshawn Vaughn. I mean, everyone's been on Rashad White's D because he's looks so nice. Um, but Keyshawn Vaughn, back-to-back, really impressive preseason performances. He looks spry. He looks sharp. Looks like the dude who was averaging like 5.7 yards per carry on a terrible Vanderbilt team in the SEC playing against some of the best competition, the best D1 football has to offer. So Keyshawn Vaughn has has looked really good. So between him, Fournette, and Rashad White, and then even, yeah. even Bernard potentially, I actually really like our running back room right now. 
it, it's uh, super interesting, right? You like your roster. I'm just looking at the depth chart, running with four running backs and four tight ends. Like, yeah, I wouldn't have expected that. I would have expected there to be at least one extra wide receiver and take one guy off of one of those two groups, right? But well, they got the extra receiver, dude. They still kept seven. That's the thing. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it wasn't that's true. Seven. So yeah. they're prioritizing the offense. I guess is is a way you could look at it. Um, yeah. You know, you, you got to keep where the talent is. And also, I think, you know, they need that tight end depth. Losing Gronk, you got you to do it by committee in a way. So, yeah. Um, anyway, Brady looked good. Shocker. Brady looked good. <laughs> that arm looks alive as hell. So, can't wait to watch him throw some passes in some meaningful football games. And it's going to start Sunday night football. Um Love that it's a Sunday night or week one, so we can take in all the other games first. Last game of opening, the opening kickoff weekend will will be uh, a rematch of last season with the Cowboys in in Dallas. So that'll be a real fun one. Um, so I think that just about does it for us. Uh, we crammed in some Bucks talk at the end. Unless there's anything in particular, Bo, you wanted to bring up before we get out of here? No, I'm good, man. Shout out to Scotty Capron, but I, I I'm excited for a little gambling preview next time maybe how do how do you make money as a bucks fan how do you make money on an nfl season as a bucks fan yeah and i mean i would say it's probably not going to be in fantasy because there's just so many mouths to feed like in tampa you know what i mean so um tough to predict yeah we'll get some betting talk going no doubt with scotty we gotta let him we gotta let him do his thing there Uh, i want to thank matt marchese of sportsnet and fan 590 he's a producer and host there again biggest sports talk radio station and network uh, in Canada, in the country, Canada. They do fantastic work. You can hear him around midday with George Russick. They do great sports talk radio. Um, he's a Bill's Mafia for lifer kind of guy. So it's good to always get the get the perspective of the enemy. And uh, yeah. And then anyway, make sure you're checking out all of our written coverage of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sports Illustrated's only website dedicated specifically to covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is BucksGameDay.com. You'll, you can also get there, si.com slash NFL slash Buccaneers, but BucksGameDay.com is probably the easier way to do it. And if you enjoyed our show, if you're listening, watching live on YouTube, whatever it may be, please support the channel. Uh, subscribe on YouTube to the Bucks Banter channel. Give us a like. Drop some comments in. It really helps us out. And we appreciate having people involved and contributing to our conversations as it unfolds. So with that, I hope everyone has a fantastic week and weekend, and we will definitely be back next week to t- talk more Tampa Bay Buccaneers football. Bo, you're a real one, as always. Shout out to JQ of Pewter Report in the comments and everyone else who chimed in with questions or comments. We'll catch you next week. Go Bucks. <laughs>